0: time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking Truth. Now,
1: here's your host, Mark Schlereth.
0: Hey, welcome in to the Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside my uh, partner, Mike Evans. Make sure you subscribe and uh, follow us and uh, hit us up with anything uh, you want to talk about. I'll try to get back to you guys on that. Mike, how are you, buddy? How's your weekend? I'm great. Great weekend. A uh, lot happening. Did you see the footage of Cam Newton?
1: Yeah, yes. So he was at a 7-on-7 seven seven camp. Yes. And apparently some people from this this TSP, top-shelf performance, 7-on-7, mm-hmm. an 18-year-old 7-on-7 seven seven team, yeah, got into it with Cam, and there's Cam, like, fighting off and wrestling off, like,
0: four or five guys. I know it. Just absolutely, I mean, you talk about tossing dudes around. Now, I, like, the first time I ever met, like— cam I'm walking through the Carolina Panthers locker room right we're going we're gonna go to a meeting or whatever and cam is in there um and he was when he was rehabbing he's had some some he was on IR but he's rehabbing and this dude is legit 6'5", 250 and ripped and he's just in a pair of shorts like just looking like chiseled from granny you're like well dude, that's a little different than when I played you know that, <laughs> like right. quarterbacks aren't made that way that's anymore. Right. He is a full-grown-ass man now, and obviously they were giving him some grief, whatever, and um, I don't know exactly how it went down. Maybe I, my, my, In my mind, I was like, Cam probably just said, come get a taste, and um, they decided to, and he's beating off. He's just, well, that sounded bad. He's beaten down. Let me just say that. He's beaten down four guys. <laughs> Not beating off four guys. He's beaten down. <laughs> he's... Keep it going. Keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, he's, I want this to go viral. He's, Keep he's, this going. He's beating down four <laughs> guys. Yeah, I, that came out. That came out incorrect. But you know what I was trying to say. Of course. course. You and he then. kept
1: his hat on the whole time. I know. He's like Wh- witch's hat. He kept yeah. it on
0: the whole time. He does have some interesting hats. Yes. Yeah, he does. That did look like a, you know what it looks like? The sorting cap from, uh, from Harry Potter. Are you going Slytherin? Are you in? <laughs> Hufflepuff? Are you in? Like, right? Didn't
1: it look like? Uh, but it, it's a reminder that, hey, for you for you mortals out there, all of us, okay, think long and hard before you decide if you want to go after a professional athlete. Right. Because no matter what you may they say. they will beat you off. They'll they- – <laughs> Dude, you can't be doing this. We're like two minutes into like a 20-minute podcast. How am I going to get this thing back on track? You,
0: you, know, you know what? We just got to move on to a different <laughs> topic. Right, move on to a he, topic. Like, to, dude, he's a full grown-ass no, man, though. Yeah.
1: Boy, if he'd only show that much effort when he was uh, going for that fumble in the Super Bowl. D- huh? oh, oh, too soon?
0: Right? Too soon, Panther yeah. fan. Yeah. Too soon? Yeah. Boy, it looks uh. Looks yeah, he's holding there. the lantern. <laughs> Oof, be careful down there. Guy
1: could get injured. <laughs> Uh, the big story over the weekend in the NFL, the salary cap mm. going up an unprecedented 30 million, right? Going up, which is, uh, I guess it was a surprise to some, but if you've been paying attention to it, it's not that bit of a surprise. We've been talking yeah. about this for a couple of years now. The projections on the cap, uh, was, was this was predicted yeah. a couple of years ago that there was going to be a huge jump. So therefore, if you're one of those teams, you would prefer a team that's got a lot of cap issues, you saw 30 million of it go away just like that.
0: Just, yeah, instantly. Like The, the dirty little secret in the NFL that they don't want you to know is that the cap isn't real. It's not a hard cap. It's a very easily manipulated cap. And so what you have to understand is when you have a player that you no longer want to negotiate with or you no longer feel has the value that that player once had, you claim as an organization, you know, cap cap poverty. Oh, my gosh, we just love to have the guy, but we just can't fit him under our cap. If you want a dude... You'll find a way to fit him under your cap. You'll find a way to manipulate the cap. It's completely fungible. You can put it wherever you want to put it. And therefore, if a guy has great value to you, you renegotiate his deal. He's got three years on it. You renegotiate it. You figure it out. If you don't want the dude anymore, Xavier Howard, Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl cornerback from the Miami Dolphins, three years left on his deal. They just cut him. You know why? I don't want him for whatever the reason I don't know what the reason is but they don't want him anymore now if he was valuable to them or if they really wanted him they'd find a way to renegotiate that deal to lower down the cap number to make sure that he fits within the structure of the Miami Dolphins organization but they don't want him anymore so you know they'll cl- they'll claim cap poverty and we can't afford and this that and the other and there's some other guys that are you know that we have to negotiate with and you know and that's just the way it works but it goes up 30 million dollars and for all those people the fear mongers out there you and I talk about it all the time that oh the cap and oh we're going to be in cap you know purgatory, and oh it's going to be so hard Four of the top 5 people over the cap or the, the the biggest cap the dead money on their cap Four of the top five teams with dead money on their cap all went to the playoffs. So don't give me this, oh, the cap is going to keep us from competing. If you want to compete, you can find a way to manipulate your cap to make sure you get everything you need to be a competitive football team. Well, you
1: think about, like, here in Denver, right? There was a lot of fear-mongering uh, about mm-hmm. the idea that if you cut Russell Wilson with $89 million of, of dead cap, hit, mm-hmm. it's going to completely paralyze their ability to put a roster together. Right. A lot of fear-mongering. And I I was trying to tell people, one, yes, it's not necessarily a disaster if you have dead Mm. cap money, four out of the five that you're talking about. But I knew this big increase was coming. It, it It shouldn't be a shock. This did not come out of left field. This was talked about for the last couple of years. So if you start putting all that kind of stuff together, then there's no reason why even a Denver Broncos team, for example, that's facing a lot of cap... Um, uh, issues mm-hmm. should be hamstrung to the point where they feel like they can't put a team yeah, together. Yeah, I think
0: dead cap right now for Russell, if you eat it all this year, is eighty five million, something like that, and then you can spread it out over two years, yeah. and it's you know thirty nine this year and whatever it is next year. I think you lose some of that that cap value. Would you spread it out over two years, or boy, would you try boy. to eat the whole thing?
1: Well, suddenly now with that extra thirty thrown in there, what, with the what does, cap, it go up, do you, what does it go up next year? And does it go up more next year? Yeah. It's a great point. So maybe you just say, "Hey, let's eat it all in one year."
0: Yeah, I don't I, like. I, I think I, they'll still
1: spread out over. I, two. I,
0: I do too. I think because I think they get some. I think there is some benefit to that. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't have any issue with them spreading out over two years. Listen, it's not going to affect. Their ability to field the team. Now, I don't know what direction they're going to go. I don't know if they're they're probably not in the Kirk Cousins sweepsake right? But the next tier of free agent quarterbacks, like you can manage, like for the Broncos or anybody else, you can manage your salary cap from the standpoint of what does our quarterback room cost us, right? You can figure that out. And even with Russ and, and that dead money, and you have, you know, if you go out and get yourself a Minshew or, or the guy that I've been – you know, that I've been talking about is Sam Darnold. And, and you know, you're paying that guy $5 million, $6 million. You're t- paying your backup. Uh, I think Jared Stidham's making $5 million, even with Russ. You can still keep it into that into that realm in your quarterback room. You get a rookie. You, you also draft a rookie where you're saying, hey, it's still, you know, 20, 22% of our cap or whatever. We're, we're all right. Well,
1: it's like what worked for Tampa so well this past year. Yeah, they had the cap hit from Brady, I think, at $35 million. Uh-huh. But they went out and got Baker Mayfield one year, $4 $4 million. million. So your quarterback room now isn't as expensive as you're you're talking about. And you ended up gaining a lot from Baker. And you ended up going to the playoffs. So it can be done. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment Um, by the way, Russ telling Brandon Marshall, the former receiver, on his I am Athlete, uh, I am Athlete uh, podcast, that he still believes that not only could be he, he could be a starting quarterback in this league, but still win. And his goal is to win two more Super Bowls.
0: Okay. Anything snarky you'd like to say? <laughs> no, no, I mean. Uh- you're, okay, he so when I was, zoom in to, as you yeah, roll yeah, your no, eyes no, 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 or something. no, no. I mean, huh? I, he said he wanted to win two more in the next five years. Okay, like I, I hope one. I hope these last two years have been humbling enough for you to understand that what Pete Carroll was asking you to do and the way he built his football team gave you the opportunity to compete. You've got one, right? To compete for Super Bowls, so. Yeah, I, I hope that is one of those. I, I hope there's a a lesson in humility here. I know it's been tough times and all that kind of stuff. And he talked about those tough times. Good for him. And how you react to those, and how your kids see you react to those. All those things. All those things are great. Um, but let, let's face it. You know, you've got to have a great defense around you, a great run game around you, some receivers who can make big time plays for you on the outside. Like, those are the things that you, you were able to win with. So control the tempo of the game, control the clock, run the football, your off-schedule stuff, make big plays in the off-schedule passing game, um, and, and have a, a stellar kind of all-world defense. Yeah, you got a chance.
1: So is is Russ still based on what you saw this past year? For all those teams out there that are in no man's land mm-hmm. right now with their quarterback position, they're not really in a position to draft a a, a prospect Right. And they're probably looking at some kind of uh you know, stopgap. Yeah. bringing in a veteran. Is Russ has Russ played at a level last year that makes you think that if in the right situation, I'll throw out some of the teams that have been mentioned with him. New England, if they don't draft a quarterback, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, teams like that, mm-hmm. Washington, uh, if they were not to to choose a quarterback, could could you win with Russ?
0: I think you yeah, I think I think like I look at a team like Atlanta or like Pittsburgh. You know, a team like Pittsburgh who won 10 games last year with three different quarterbacks playing. So you've got to have that stellar defense, ability to rush the passer, ability to create some turnovers, do all the things that Pittsburgh did, right? You got to be able to run the ball. And then, like a guy like Arthur Smith who really understands running the ball and really understands some of those one. You know, like really understands the RPO game, some of the things that he did with Tannehill back in the day in Tennessee before he got to Atlanta. I think the other thing that that intrigues me about a situation like that, when you're the head coach, you're worried about the entirety of the team, mm-hmm. right? And you're worried about, okay, this style of offense gives us a chance to, you know, I guess to compete, run on the football and, and being really knee-deep in that. But if I want to get to the next level with my organization, I have got to develop a drop back passing game. So as the head coach, that was Arthur Smith's, what he was tasked with in Atlanta. It didn't work out. Okay. You drafted Des Ritter in third round. It just didn't work out for you. You, you went after Mariota, Mariota. It didn't work out for you. I get all that. You're right. But you're trying. You, you've got the overall, the overarching kind of complexity of the whole football team, the global perspective. When you're an offensive coordinator, you know what you're worried about? Your offense. So now all of a sudden, this is the best situation to get my offense and give my team a chance to win based on what my offensive players do the best. I'm not in the quarterback. With Russ, I'm not in the quarterback development. Like, I'm not in the quarterback development game that I was with trying to develop Des Ritter. I'm I'm just basically saying, here's what you can do. Let's go out and do this and see how many games we can win. Like, that, that would be, to me, a, a good place, a good starting point. Where does Kirk Cousins end up? I, You know, I just, I don't, like, I have a really tough time seeing him leave Minnesota. Like, I think I think O'Connell, like, O'Connell, there's an eye-opening experience there for Kevin O'Connell. Because Kevin O'Connell wants a lot of things operated at the line of scrimmage. And he wants to have a quarterback that is on the same page with him, and that took time for Kirk and and Kevin, Kirk and Kevin, early in in that first year they were together. That was there was some growing pains going on in that first year, and then before Kirk you know tore his Achilles, man, they were he was playing. Like I just I see that as the best place for Kirk Cousins is to stay in Minnesota. He loves it there. His teammates love him, um, and I think from an organizational standpoint, it makes the most sense. Now, can they get that done? Do they want to long-term investing Kirk Cousins? I don't. I mean, I don't see why not. But, They've had success. Well,
1: yeah, but let me bring up. Let me play the the devil's advocate here. I'm sure there are Viking fans watching this that would say, "Wait a minute, why do we want to invest guaranteed money to a 35 year old quarterback?" Mm-hmm. Coming off Achilles' injury, when we're picking number eleven, and we're probably going to be in a position where we could get that that second tier of quarterbacks, whether right. it be a Bo Nix or a JJ McCarthy, mm-hmm. better to go that way.
0: Um, yeah, I am sure there is plenty of people that think that. I am sure that that you know, I am sure there is plenty of people that that look at that. Can you goal. win
1: a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Kirk Cousins is a damn good quarterback. Um you know I mean all the can't win you know primetime games and all that's like all that stuff is is garbage Kirk Cousins is a damn good player and he really understands he really understands offensive football I think the thing that you you look into and I've been saying this on on our radio show for quite some time when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks in the in the NFL draft process coming out of college the college game The college teams do nothing to develop quarterbacks for the NFL game. And it's not their responsibility to do it. I mean, they play their own style of of football in college. Well, it doesn't necessarily mesh well with what NFL teams are doing. And so to sit there and say, hey, man, we could just go get Bo Nix at 11, or we could just go get J.J. McCarthy at 11, or we could just go get Michael Penix or 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 whatever like what what the what the draft tells you when it comes to the quarterback position is about there's about an 80 percent failure rate with those guys so you know you've got a proven commodity and i'll go back to what Joe Gibbs used to say all the time i would rather have known commodities than unknown commodities so first round draft choices at the quarterback position with guys who are elevated that have, third-round talent that get drafted in the first round or second-round talent, like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I would rather have a guy that I know can operate my system than have a guy that I hope can operate my system, but he's younger.
1: Okay, so is Justin Fields a known enough commodity to the Bears that they should keep developing him or go with the promise and potential of Caleb Williams? This could be the week. This figures to be the week where we might get some kind of clarity on what's going to happen with Justin Fields.
0: I'm going to try to stay consistent with what I've said on the broadcasts I've done in Chicago. Um, And I I did have, I think, three Bears games this year. Um, The form of offense that they play with Justin is not a sustainable form of offense and does not win championships in the NFL. Until it wins a championship in the NFL, I'm going to go with what history tells me. All right, define that offense. the The Let's run our quarterback on design runs. Let's threaten the edge of a defense with option plays, both the quarterback run option, the RPO game, all that stuff. Let's put our quarterback in harm's way and hope that our quarterback stays healthy in those situations. I called a game against Detroit. I think it was against Detroit where he ran the edge and I thought he legitimately got decapitated in a game. I thought his head popped off. And I'm sorry, but you can sit there and tell me all day long that, hey, there's every bit the likelihood to you know, get hurt running that style of offense than there is the drop back you know, from the pocket style of offense, and that's great. You know what? You're probably gonna tear less ACLs sitting in the pocket than you are. Like most ACLs are, are you know, quick, in line, non weight bear. Like they're not, they're not contact injuries. They're, they're you planting your foot on the ground and doing like there's more bodies, there's more potential for people to fall on you funny. And, you know, and he got hurt and was out for like six weeks this year with a dislocated thumb. He told me he got up from the injury. He's like, oh, that hurt. And he looked at his, it was his thumb. Yeah, it was his thumb. And he said it's about half the, like the thumb, like right here in that first knuckle, that's where his thumbnail was essentially. Like it shoved back into his, into the socket. Like, I'm sorry, but You scramble around like that. I just think there's more potential for you to be hurt in the long run. The other thing is quarterbacks that can operate from the pocket and eviscerate you from the rug, And he has gotten a lot better. But let me ask you this. Would you rather sit there and say, okay, we've invested X number of years in him and yeah, he's had some injury issues, you know, or not, not significant injury, but he's had some injuries and He's gotten better to a point here, but like, is he going to take us to the next level? Well, if, you're, look, if we look, take look, that part of his game, away. look at the benchmarks,
1: right? So you're, you typically want your quarterback now to be completing 66 percent of his passes, right? Right now, Fields through three seasons is at sixty barely. Right. That's the, I mean, that's that's. That's the floor. Yeah. I mean, you you got to be at sixty; otherwise, you're just you shouldn't be right. in the league. He hasn't thrown for more than twenty five hundred yards in the season, and his touchdown to interception passing ratio is like forty touchdowns to thirty picks. You tell me, is he going to be able to not only improve, but improve to the point where he's able to go out there yeah. and complete sixty six percent of his passes, throw for four thousand yards in a season, and be a yeah. twenty seven and eleven? touchdown, interception guy, because that's still the model yeah. that's proven to win in this league.
0: And if you take away that run aspect, yeah. and we've seen teams do this. I think it's one of the things with that, that happened with Jalen Hurts. You take away some of that RPO and some of that read zone, that option aspect of your offense because of injury. You take that away, and how do his numbers and, and how does his production – basically fair when you take that stuff away like I, I think that's a there's a big question there so um th- this this goes back to what I believe I believe they're going to move on the other thing with Justin is you got to pay him mm. you know you're gonna have to yep. you're gonna have to pay him one of those uh Daniel Jones type of contracts right so I I just think they're gonna continue to kick the can down the road they're going to go after that quote-unquote generational quarterback whether that's you know, well, I mean, it's probably I, it's Caleb Williams. Probably Caleb Williams, um, but some people are saying Drake May is yeah. a better prospect. But they went down the North Carolina quarterback r- road before, and that didn't work out for them. So,
1: too yeah. soon.
0: Too soon. Was that too soon? Too
1: soon. Is that too soon? Yeah. Bears no, fans? I
0: think they're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I Trubisky think can... I think they're moving on. I think they're moving on from Justin Fields. That's that's my just gut t- t- t-
1: uh t- News that came down while we were talking: T. Higgins did get the franchise tag placed upon him mm-hmm. so if he ends up signing that it'll be one year at about 22 million uh-huh. for t higgins does does this move make sense from a bengal standpoint
0: <sighs> yeah i mean i think it i think ultimately when you look at that offense i mean that offense is sitting in gun throwing the football that's what they do um yeah sure they've got mixing and you know and they've got a run game out of their out of their gun look. Um but yeah, that's what that's what they do and they rely on Joe Burrow to get them into the best situations possible based on their passing game. That they're a pass first, second, third offense. Um yeah, and T Higgins is he's a beast. So yeah, it makes perfect sense for them. Eventually, like they're going to have to pay like it's the Bengals. I mean, they're going to have to pay that offense. They're going to have to pay you know that Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chase is yep. gonna, have, and they're they're gonna have to pay all the because you can't like to me you couldn't make can you make T Higgins the highest paid receiver on your team and not take care of Jamar Chase I it's it's hard to eat twenty two million dollars on a season for a wide receiver so I feel like you're gonna have to try to get him you know while he's under the franchise tag get him to accept a better deal but for you're you. not
1: paying Chase yet. So you're you're still working with a pretty good contract for Jamar is he Chase. Still on his rookie, yeah. He's still yeah, on his and, rookie and deal for this upcoming year as well. So it's it's not a bad deal for the Bengals. So you can maybe go year to year with with Higgins. That until it's time to pay Chase, you can pay Higgins the big mm-hmm. money per year. I, I guess my my only question is this: if you're if if getting a quarterback is so important and then finding that quarterback and paying him a huge amount of money, aren't you kind of paying that quarterback to make receivers better than they really are? Once you've identified and paid that quarterback, Mm -hmm. do you or should you be investing a ton in your wide receivers? Isn't that what you're paying the quarterback for? Like, look, we just saw Mahomes win another Super Bowl with a, a wide receiving core that... A lot of people made fun of. Yeah, made fun of them right up until they won a Super Bowl.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, you do you do want your quarterback to be able to take, you know, throw guys open and, and you know create that, but there are guys who are special. Like Justin Jefferson just Justin Jefferson is special. Uh Jamar Chase is special. There there are guys that are special players. And certainly, I think you want to pay those guys. You want to find a way, but you got to do it again. You got to do it again in, in a in a fashion that makes sense for your franchise and allows you to compete. Um, and again, like I've said many times before, there's plenty of money to go around. It's just how long a commitment do you want to make to a guy? Because you can make the numbers work, and and I believe everybody can get paid. I really do. I believe you can make that work. But then it comes down to, okay, how long do we want to pay T. Higgins for? How long do we want to pay Jamar Chase for? Like, there there comes that, that delineating line where all of a sudden, if we do it for this long and we commit this much upfront money, that's great. But two or three years from now, does that contract age well? Or are we kind of stuck Letting a guy go and having to eat a bunch of dead cap money. That that's the game you're constantly playing.
1: I I guess it makes sense if you can carry and work with Higgins with the benefit of the franchise tag and take a year to year approach with him until it's time to pay Chase the big contract. Mm-hmm. Or then can, it's not I, a bad would, way to allocate your
0: Yeah, I would imagine if you could get if you could get, you know, T Higgins into a long term deal and then you go back to Chase and say, Okay, here's the parameters of his deal, we're gonna pay you more than that but I mean, you know, then you get into the the players, it's it's really the agents want to set the market with their players. Because you want to have you want to have that you know that chip that hey man, I got the best contract in NFL history for my guy. Because that helps you as a recruiting tool for the next generation of receivers and the next generation of players. When you can sit there and say, okay, here's all the pelts on my wall. I got this guy, the highest contract at his position at this time. I got this guy, I got this guy, I got this guy. That's what they want to do.
1: Well, it's another busy week in the NFL. We're going to be here to talk about all of it. In fact, the next time we talk, we get to talk about your favorite subject, the NFL Combine.
0: You love love yourself some Combine. love the Combine. What do you call it? Underwear Olympics. The Underwear Olympics. Yes, the Underwear Olympics. Right. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's quite the tease. Uh, <laughs> that and beating guys off. I mean, it's what it's all about, Mike. It's what it's all couldn't about. Leave
1: that. Couldn't leave that alone. Could no, <laughs> couldn't.
0: I'd like to apologize for everybody no, on behalf you, of no, this. No. No, no, all right, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth Podcast, Mike, Mark, we'll talk to you guys later on the week.